Hey Jess, how are you? I'm good, Jason. How are you? I'm good. Crazy new week, isn't it? It is crazy and it is a new week. I think it's important to focus on both. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. What can you do? Right. Uh, I'm not sure how your weekend felt, but uh, my weekend, uh, my two day weekend felt like about a 20 day weekend. I agree. I was actually thankful to get back to work with the rest of the family, which honestly doesn't feel like just the Leap Gen family anymore. It feels like our entire industry who's rallying around the people that make up their organizations in some really inspiring and impressive ways, but also dealing with some real challenges. Um, yeah, I, it, you know, it's sort of a mental exercise getting through the weekend and feeling like, I, I, for me, it helped to get back to a place of productivity and problem solving. So I'm so excited about the now of work, the digital meetup that we had on Friday. I'm really excited about the the Slack group that started um, as of a little bit ago. I know we've had over a hundred, at least a hundred visitors, uh, with some really great collaboration. So, um, and would you mind just talking a little about why we did that and what we're seeing and some of the results? Yeah, you know, it was so so funny to me last week to see this come full circle. It did feel like a full circle moment not too long ago. You and I batted around the idea of creating a community where people could connect in real time across organizations, whether you're a vendor, you're an enterprise, you make a product, you offer a service, like let's create a, a community, a true community online 24-7 where people can connect and start conversations, ask each other real questions, share ideas. Um, and last week that happened overnight because now it really is needed more than ever before. Uh, and I can't wait to see it continue to grow. The conversations that people are having there are also very interesting to me. They're HR and work-related for sure, but it's real life more than anything. Yeah, no, it is real life. And I think that's, you know, the concept of now of work makes so much sense um, because it's now. And the now from, I hate to say this, but the now from Friday versus the now from Monday uh, is even different as of Friday we were looking at, um, you know, hey, some people were at work, some people were not at work, uh, some people were going to the grocery store, some people were not going to the grocery store, some schools were open, some schools weren't open. You know, here we are Monday afternoon, and, you know, we're almost at a United States and global lockdown for the next eight weeks. So the, the now of work looks drastically different even today uh, than it did on Friday. That's very true. And so how people, if you're fortunate enough, I mean, this is literally how we've you know come to think about things. If you're fortunate enough that you can still work, that you have the kind of work that can be done from your home front and you can keep your income stream going and you're not impacted by, like number one, let's just be grateful that some of us fall into that category. It's a whole different problem that not everybody falls into that category. But for those who do, um, yes, we're, you know, let's be grateful, but also your work office is your home, your literal home front, including everybody who's on your home front. And so people figuring out creative ways to tag team with the other adults in their life, find childcare if possible, or work with your kid. Like, welcome to the fabric of my home. This is where and how work gets done right now. I love that we're showing each other a lot of grace. Um, but there's also the reality that some of us need to be more productive 
and creative and, and maybe do some of the best work of our lives right now under quite different circumstances than we could imagine doing it. I mean, Jess, I think there's two routes that people take at this time. They either do the best work of their lives or they sink. Um, they sink into a hole that, you know, that I want to be there for, for them from a mental health standpoint. But, you know, we do have to do the best work of our lives. And, you know, back to the kids thing, um, you know, I talk about my kids a lot and I just want to share with you, you know, there's three big things that I've taken away and I've tried to put in place in the last 48 hours, um, as far as working and working in the same place as my kids as they go to school, which just sounds weird, but it is what it is. You know, one is that, you know, on breaks, um, between calls, I go see them. Um, I don't lock myself up in an office all day. I actually go see them and actually say, what are you working on? Do you need any help? And I'll tell you within, you know, three or four hours today that I already know more about their schoolwork and what they're working on than I did before. Uh, and they've actually asked me some questions that there's no way that they would have asked me before. Um, so that's number one. Uh, number two, I've tried to include them in my work. Um, so, you know, getting them to say, what? Dad, why don't you use this kind of a recording for your podcast versus, uh, you know, use this kind of a recording for your podcast? I'm like, wow, you actually know something uh, that I wouldn't have known because you're not usually part of my work. So me being part of their day and them being part of my day are two completely different things than I'm ever used to and never thought I would ever. It's something I've never realized. And then the third thing for me is uh, the concept of family. Um, I've actually gotten to have breakfast and lunch with them, uh, today that I didn't, I haven't had before. And I've had the opportunity to talk to them about some of the situations that are going on in the world and why they're going on in the world and actually give the chance to listen to their feelings. Um, so as odd as it is and as strange as it is at the same time, there's a big, big fulfilling portion of it for me that, uh, you know, that I wouldn't trade. And I think it's really funny or funny slash interesting to see how the now of work progresses. You know, if all of a sudden some of those feelings that we have, like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have been going to the office. Maybe I should have been, uh, you know, spending time here. But then again, they weren't here. So now that they're here and I'm here, the dynamic is completely different than it was uh, three or four days ago. I think this puts a new emphasis and importance on not, I've always hated work-life balance because that implies they're mutually exclusive. You have work or you have life, and you are constantly trying to balance the two against each other like a seesaw, you know, uh, teeter-tottering. Uh, one gets more weight than the others. It's integration, for sure, and this puts a whole new—this just forces it. You know, for better or for worse, you, you have to figure out how to make all things work in harmony. And— Figuring out how all things work in harmony is going to spoil us, I believe. I'm not, it's, it's much too soon to say we're going to feel spoiled coming out of this. This is going to do a lot of, a lot of unfortunate harm, but it's so important to also think about the benefits that can be realized when we think about things in a whole different way than we've ever thought about them before. Yeah, no, Jess, I completely agree. And, you know, one more thing I want to make sure we talk about on the, for our time together today, you know, on this, on this Monday is the economy. And, you know, there's not a lot of people 
in my personal opinion, just the people that I've talked to over the weekend that truly understand the gravitas of the supply chain of an economy. Um, you know, I don't have a better way to say it. I was able to talk to a CHRO from a major grocery store chain uh, over the weekend. I was able to talk to the CHRO of a major trucking company over the weekend. And I was able to talk to the CHRO, you know, of one of our customers of a major food restaurant, uh, QSR, quick serve restaurant organization over the weekend. And, you know, it everything works together. So, you know, if trucks don't run, quote unquote, you know, therefore grocery stores don't get groceries. Uh, if trucks don't run because their people are not supposed to be out, therefore restaurants don't get the food that they need in order to make the food. And then those restaurants that are used to doing delivery don't do delivery the way they used to because they're afraid to go to someone's house. Now, interestingly enough, this restaurant organization I'm talking about put in place a program called contactless delivery, um, which truly the concept of being able to put in place contactless delivery, marketing it, using it as a selling point, you know, within 24 hours is in, I mean, that kind of agility to me is what's going to keep the economy somewhat going. Um, You know, I want to talk from, you know, from a company standpoint first, organizations that are able to be agile like that and rethink what's going on today are going to be able to keep the economy somewhat pumped up. Uh, Organizations that are too big or just can't shift their thinking or include too many people in some of their decisions, um, I think they're going to have a really hard time. Is there anything those organizations can do if they've not already built a culture of that mindset, growth mindset, agile, adaptability? What can they do right now to try to correct course as quickly as possible? I mean, Jess, you've seen some of the things that we've done internally. Um, You know, if I can just share some of the things that I've done as a CEO and as a leader is to put in place this concept of tiger teams and a tiger team framework. And what tiger teams are designed to do, you know, forget the name of them. What they're designed to do is they're designed to work quickly. They're designed to act quickly. They're designed to create output quickly. Um, The other thing that tiger teams do that are, that's very, very massive in my personal opinion is that you create outcomes that fit the world today at the moment that it fits. So, you know, we're not in a, we're not in a world right now where we're planning for what's going to happen six to nine months from now. You know, we're not in a world where, hey, guess what? I think I'll spend the week thinking about this. And then next next week on our call, we'll get back together. That's not enough time. Like that's going to kill you before it actually does anything. You know, we're working, we're working in periods of time that are, you know, hours and days, not weeks and months. And the more that everyone can remember that, the better off they're going to be in being able to pivot to be able to fit this new or now of work that we live. You know, everybody's sharing on social media the the shows that they're streaming and the movies, the things they're binging on to pass the time while they're all shut in together, right? Uh, so last night, I've always been fascinated by British history, and so I watched, I think it's called The, the Crown, the the movie about Queen, the, modern, the current Queen Elizabeth. Um, and in her first interaction with Winston Churchill, she made the mistake of inviting him to sit down. And he said, your prime minister never sits down. It's been the practice of the monarchy for generations and generations that your council member remains standing before you and does 
everything he needs to say in 20 minutes. There's not a single problem in the world that can't be solved standing up for 20 minutes. And that was so timely to me. Uh, forget about the history and, and tradition and all of that. The, the very idea of a tiger team or there's nothing that can't be solved with sharp minds in the same room together for 20 minutes yeah. when literally anything could be possible. That's the other thing you have to, literally anything is a potential solution. You really have to challenge your, your mind to go there. Yeah, Jess. And the other thing that I want to make sure that we talk about tied to that. So when we talk about the economy and we talk about companies, we also need to talk about jobs. Yeah. And, you know, as we talk about jobs, it's really important to understand that there is no possible way. And I've talked to probably 20 to 30 small businesses over the weekend, this weekend. And, you know, some of those small businesses are not that small. And, you know, they're saying, hey, what do you think this means for jobs? What do you think this means for jobs? You know, everyone knows this and, you know, I'm not going to be the first one to say it, but jobs are going to go away. Like you cannot have an economic, um, I mean, I'm not going to call it a hiccup. This is much more than a hiccup. You can't have a, you know, going full steam ahead, a hundred miles an hour and hit a brick wall uh, without having a, an, a jobs crisis. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're about to have. You know, there are organizations that might say, hey, let's keep these people on for a couple of weeks. Uh, but we already see restaurants closing. You know, all of those people don't have jobs. You know, we already see consultancies closing because guess what? Their customers aren't working with them. Those people don't have jobs. So, you know, the other thing that I want now of work and the work that we do within the Slack channel and on this podcast to do are to give people ideas to give people ideas as to what they can do to supplement income, you know, in these moments where jobs have changed. Now, guess what? If your organization wants you and you are a great worker, they're going to want you back. That period of time is going to come where they're going to want you back. But in the meantime, we need to think about the world that we live in. So there's a lot of people that have not been part of the gig economy. There's a lot of people that haven't been part of using tools like Fiverr or things like that, where I go out and post a skill that I have and find people, excuse me, and and find roles that I can do. And guess what? As companies are afraid to keep full-time employees right now because they're having to pay benefits, they're having to pay employment taxes, guess what? They're going to start breaking jobs into tasks, Mm -hmm. jobs into tasks more than ever. And these sites like Fiverr and others, and we can talk about those on these calls, Jess, are great places to take a skill that you have, whether it be writing, whether it be voice, whether it be, um, you know, creative, graphic design, whatever it is, secretarial. I mean, I'm just throwing out ideas, Uh, you know, post something, say that you're available, say that you've got time, because guess what? Employers need you as much as you need them. And, you know, I I truly believe over the next week that market's going to explode. And if you do a good job of hanging out your personal brand and thinking about the skills that you can offer to people, you're going to find yourself very busy, not employed, maybe what you thought you were going to be doing in 2020, but all of a sudden your 2020 looks a little bit different, but you're going to be in a good position to take advantage of this. And the true ripple effect, using that same example, is that when society 
you know, when we throw our doors open again and we all flock back to humanity and bars and restaurants and gift shops and everything, the people who used to do that hourly work in retail, hospitality, across a lot of industries have now figured out a hidden skill set yep. and the freedom of freelancing and gigging. And guess what? How many, what percentage of those people aren't going to want to go back to waiting tables or, you know, working out, you know, holidays in a retail store? And so even when companies are ready to rehire and fill their staffs again, it's it just everything changes. Um, yeah, it, they're going to go back to do the same work that they ever did before. It will. I mean, 9-11, you know, as sad as it sounds, had a big impact on the U.S., um, and 9-11 happened. It was a moment, and there were a period of time that after that moment, you know, people stayed a little panicked or a lot panicked, you know, but, you know, 9-11 happened fast. You know, unfortunately, this blip is happening slow, and it's going to happen, it's going to happen slow, and therefore, it is going to have a bigger impact on what the future of work looks like than Y2K did, which was a fast blip, than what 9-11 did, which is a fast blip. This is going to have a much longer blip, a much longer uh, runway for people to, to have to think different about how they work. And I want to make sure we continue to explore that through our channels as well. And, you know, if there's a silver lining to the fact that this is the same, you know, sort of tragedy played out in slow motion, we, there is effort. We, there, there are things we can do to uh, flatten the curve. We're hearing, we're hearing that phrase everywhere, but to reduce the impact on a local and community level, which impacts the macro level as much as possible. I love the efforts that people are making to find alternative creative ways to support small business in their community. I love the leader-driven movement that you've become a part of, uh, where organizations at an individual CEO and leadership level are making efforts to lead by example and make very specific moves for their own people, for their own workforces, and within their own, own local communities. So there's, as, as much as this feels, you know, we're sort of powerless and everything's happening outside our control, focus on the things that you can control and make sure you're taking learnings from this at every step of the way and truly planning for the future and how things look, which will be vastly different on the other side of this, and not just focusing, not just sort of going into bunker mentality and hoping to come out, you know, to the world as you knew it. Yeah, I mean, Jess, one of the great things about human and the human spirit is, you know, when times get tough, we get tougher. And I think it's really, really important to keep in mind. So, you know, to that end, we're going to be here every day. You know, we want to be able to provide the voice, just something for you to listen to, to share what we're thinking about. Hopefully there's some ideas that both inspire you as well as, you know, allow you to share back with uh, with your networks of humans out there. And then, of course, you know, we had our first digital meetup on Friday last week. We will have our digital meetups every Friday where, people, where we will be able to go live with people, hear their voices, hear their concerns, you know, and talk to them about some of the things that they're, uh, that they're thinking about. Absolutely. So everybody join up with us. It is a community. We're all in it together. Every single Friday. It's so refreshing. I have to say, it's just, it's sort of refreshing to, you know, to chat and be real and show up as your full self, including your kids and your dogs and every adult in your household, if you have to just show up and be there with us. Uh, and then we'll see you, of course, 24-7 in the online Slack community. Thank you, Jason. Hey, thanks, Jess. I'll talk to you tomorrow.
Sounds good. Bye-bye.